You are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're going to die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday. There was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panionovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Oh, here we go. Chicken Dinner Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. Follow the show at Chicken X Dinner, Instagram at Chicken Dinner SP, and smash the button so you get the show right when it goes live. We always appreciate a good rate and a good review. Helps out the algorithm. And it helps us grow the podcast. So do what you got to do. If you got 30 seconds after the show, please drop us a note. We will talk to Lauren Jaffe on the show today, the queen of gambling Twitter at the Spin Zone on the Twitter machine. And I'm ready to make another pick in the Big Ten. I'm going to zig when everybody else zags. We already have Oregon State plus two and a half. I'm going to wait it out on Rutgers. I've talked to many people in the Big Ten. They've all told me, don't do it. Don't do it. But you know what? I've got to take a stand, people. You have to believe in your gut. And when you think you're getting too many points, like I made that number 31. And Ohio State could still win 42 to nothing. Like nothing would surprise me when you fade one of the big boys of the country. But I think situationally, it's just a spot that Ohio State's going to sort of sleepwalk through. Do they really need to win 77 to 10? I just don't see it. And I think the magic number for Rutgers is 17. It's not easy going against big programs. I understand that. But I think it's too easy to look at that number and go, oh, yeah, Ohio State's going to cover easily. They have the talent to. They have the depth to. But I'm going to wait this thing out. And I think, honestly, by the time we get to Friday, we got two days. And I want to see where this number is by Friday. So I'm going to wait that one out. But I will pick another game in the Big Ten today. We have to start talking about the election and not exactly what is going on because I still have no fucking idea who the president is or who it's going to be. I mean, it's a mess right now in several states, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona. I have no idea. But what I can tell you is for the second straight election, the polls have gotten this thing completely wrong. Election morning 2016, Hillary Clinton, massive favorite. 2016 election night... Not so much. Now, there was an overreaction in the market last night, but the buildup to the actual result revealing was very similar. It was sort of eerie because I saw Patty Power Tuesday morning was again back up to minus 200. Then it was minus 225. The polls, you know, a lot of these people, Joe Biden, 70% chance, 75% chance. And you're like, we'll see. And right around the same time, Last night, as it was in 2016, around 8.15 p.m. Chicago time, the market began to swing big time to President Trump. He went from plus 200 in the morning to plus 180 to plus 170, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 he was the favorite. And you guys know the deal. I've talked about this all the time. I love to take screenshots during games or events And that's how I assemble my rundown. I've got 50 screenshots monitoring the movement in the polls. And yesterday, 7.44 p.m., Patrick Everson covers Vegas. He reported that Biden now minus 162, Trump plus 120. I scroll a couple shots over, 8.06, 
Trump minus 125 in Ohio, Trump minus 160 in Ohio. Then you get to about 820 Central. Breaking news, Betfair. Donald Trump has gone to the favorite for the first time since July to win the 2020 election on Betfair. And then it climbs all the way up. And I think it got a little too high, obviously. Um, In 2016, it was the Trump train all the way through. But what happened was this blew up and went from Trump plus money to minus money, and then it got ridiculously high. And this is just people managing money now at this point. Obviously, there are many things that we will learn over the coming days, and I don't know what is going to happen. Uh, I did, uh, in the middle of all these screenshots, there are some racist tweets from Jamel Hill. Not a shocker there. Um, Trump climbed to 300, then he climbed to 350, then he climbed to 450, then he climbed to 600, then 700. I knew people, put it this way, I knew people that locked in profit no matter what. They sat back, relaxed, and drank their wine. Now, Sam, well, it's more important. This is not an event. This is about serious issues. Look, I get that, but this is a sports betting show. So I'm telling you what happened from the sports betting angle. There were people in the morning that bet Donald Trump 2-1 to to win the presidency. Those same people came back later on in the night, and they did it on Joe Biden at plus 400 or plus 450. So if you have a plus two to one ticket on Trump and a plus four, 450 ticket on Biden, you make money no matter what. And the fluidity of the market, it was up and down and up and down and really not much changed. I thought it was very strange to see all the swings in the market. And of course now, you know, one candidate's calling for this, another candidate's calling for that. So, you know, we'll shake it out and we'll see how it goes. But I see a couple screenshots on my phone. Yep, there we go. Joe Biden plus 305, Donald Trump plus 205. And then when I went to bed, Trump was a minus 180 favorite. I went to bed at like 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning, because I just couldn't get away from the coverage. By the way, John King was incredible on the touchscreen on CNN. That guy was zip, 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 zip. And then the screen finally crashed. And he, he was like, no! But he was amazing on the coverage. He was very good. Trump goes from minus 180, though. I wake up at 8 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, and Joe Biden's minus 325, minus 350. So it's more money in the market. I think as I tape this, Biden... Still the favorite at like minus 200 or 225. But we won't find this stuff out. We don't know what's going on in Michigan, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. So that was my night following the betting markets, which, again, were closer than the actual polls. Just fascinating stuff to watch those markets move. And they had them state by state. They had odds not only to win the whole thing, but to win Ohio or to win Nebraska or to win Florida. And those markets were banging all over the page, all over the screen. If you think it's wild to watch the betting boards before kickoff on NFL Sunday, this was that on steroids. And I saw the number at Betfair that they took over $500 million on the election. $500 million. Industry experts imagine... If it was legal in the U.S., it would have been a multi-billion dollar market last night. Because think about it. You can bet this. You could bet it 
going into the election. You can bet it months before the election, and you can bet it during election night. It's live betting literally all day, and it doesn't stop. And they started to finally sprinkle it in the broadcast last night. Fox News was talking about the betting odds. The guy that was reading the numbers had no idea what he was saying, but we're getting progress in the space. We have to talk about some uh, action, and there were two bets that I thought were tremendous. Um, One of them at Barstool Sportsbook. They have a prop tonight called Lights, Camera, Maction. And it's an over-under bet on the combined turnovers, missed field goals, and missed PATs. (laughs) Over-under is 28 and a half. You do have a handful of games tonight in the MAC. One, two, three, four, five, six. So 28 divided by six, you do the math. That's a lot of turnovers and missed kicks. But in the MAC... I would usually lean over. The thing is, when I think of Maction, I think of 40-degree weather and rain. It's actually a pretty clear day across the Midwest. It's 65 degrees in Chicago right now. So I don't know that we're going to have howling winds and pouring rain unless the forecast drastically changes in the next three or four hours. But that was an amazing prop. Over 28 and a half. I don't have a handicap on that. I have no idea. And then in Vegas, the Red Rock posted the Max Salami. Total points in all the games, 352.5 points. Good luck. Many people will bet those props. I think it's fascinating because somebody will look at that and go, oh, it's the Max, oh, the Max sucks. And they'll go over on the lights, camera, Maction. And it'll come down to a fourth quarter field goal. They'll be on 28 with a total of 28.5, and, and you're going to be rooting for that kid from Toledo or whatever to miss the kick. I can tell you, everybody and their mother is on Buffalo today, and I would be careful with that. This number opened up at Buffalo minus eight when it first popped. I think it was last week. By Monday, Buffalo minus 10. Wednesday afternoon, Buffalo is minus 14. Buffalo, usually a pretty good program, and NIU last year was not good. But don't be lazy. I saw some people handicapping the game today. Well, Buffalo usually is really good, and Northern Illinois isn't good, and Buffalo's a lock. What? How could you lock up a Maction game week one? I don't understand that. I think that's very lazy, and I think people are getting way over their skis on a conference that they don't really know. I don't know the Mac that well. I know some of the coaches in the Mac. I know people that know the Mac. And when I made calls on this conference a couple days ago, they're like, dude, we don't know. These teams have so much turnover every single year, and it's not like you have blue bloods in the conference that continuously get good players. I think Toledo and Buffalo are going to lead their respective divisions. Those are two of the best teams. But I don't know what's going on in Northern Illinois. I know there was some good action in Vegas. People took... Central Michigan plus three. Now that game opened Ohio Central Michigan as a pick'em, and Ohio, you know, got bet to minus three. But some of these moves are going to be dummy moves, especially in these conferences. A lot of the lines have moved quite a bit. Western Michigan minus sixteen to minus twenty and a half. You look at that, go, oh yeah, I like I like Western Michigan by twenty one, and then they win by eighteen, and you laid a bad number. Buffalo, minus 10 two days ago, now minus 14. Toledo, open minus 18 and a half, up to 24 and a half. 
There's a lot going on here. And in this conference, you're going to see wild shit. Teams are going to go for two. Teams are going to go for the win. I think Central Michigan is probably, if, if you asked me to pick my favorite game in the MAC tonight, I would tell you Central Michigan. The confidence level there is a 6 out of 10. Oregon State confidence, plus 2.5, 8.5 out of 10. I'm not going to pick this game for the show. I think if you look for some entertainment, like on Monday when I said, hey, let's go Rojo and Gronk to score a touchdown, you're throwing pizza money down. And if you feel obliged to hop into the pool on action, I'd go to the ESPN game and I'd take the home dog getting three. That's what I would do. Central Michigan plus the three. I think that number, you know, I think Central Michigan, the, the true line is a pick em. Now you're getting three points at home. And people are betting Ohio because of what Ohio did last year. It is what it is. This conference is going to be <laughs> a zoo like it always is. I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers are pretty much number two in all of the Super Bowl pools. Westgate has the Steelers right now 5-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. KC plus 350, Steelers 5-1, to one, Seahawks 6-1. to one. If you shop around, you can find better numbers on Pittsburgh and always shop around. They're plus 550 at points bet, plus 550 at DraftKings, 6-1 to one at FanDuel. But I'm not betting the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. I could have had 20 to 1 2 weeks ago. I could have had 30 to 1 3 weeks ago. Their point differential very solid, plus 69. Obviously they're undefeated. But that's a team that I could have had at a much better price weeks ago. I just I don't see the value in taking Pittsburgh at 5 to 1. And that's the way I roll. People ask me about futures all the time. Well, what do you like? Before the season on this show, I said Kansas City at plus 600 was a very good bet. And look no further than the betting boards right now where you can find them plus 325 or plus 350. That's a good futures bet because I beat the market. I'm not going to beat the market with Pittsburgh at 5-1 to one when I could have had 20 or 25-1 to one or even 30-1 to one over the last three weeks. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I still think Baltimore has value. If you shop around on the Ravens, you can find 12, 13 to 1 on them to win the Super Bowl. I know, I know. Lamar Jackson makes you nervous. He makes me nervous too. But Baltimore a month ago is 5 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 550. And they lost to two title contenders Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Okay. That's going to happen when you play good teams. But what happens in the next meeting if Baltimore beats Pittsburgh? Then what happens? Whoop, flip. It'll go right back to where it was. Pittsburgh will fall down. Baltimore will climb back up. Wow, look at that Ravens win. Really impressive. But you have to realize that before it happens, and that's how you play the future market. Baltimore, I still think, has a great running game, and they gashed the Steelers on the ground. Lamar Jackson, four turnovers. You're not going to win any games against the Pittsburgh Steelers turning it over four times. You're not going to beat Kansas City turning it over four times. Baltimore irons out the kinks. And they get a couple things going, get some more play action. Lamar starts to regain the confidence, and that team can go on a run. But now I've got Kansas City 6-1, to one, and I'm looking for another team down the page, and the first team that pops off is, well, there you go, Baltimore. I got really excited last night amidst all the chaos and the political maneuverings 
that Ken Pomeroy decided to post his ratings for college basketball, KenPom.com, a tool that I've used since I started calling college basketball games back in 2010 for the UIC Flames. It is homework upon homework, and he does a lot of the advanced analytics, very good stuff, adjusted offense, adjusted defense. They do efficiency on both ends of the floor. They do offensive rebound percentage, turnover percentage, effective field goal percentage, and he simulates every single basketball game all season long. And when you do that for 357 teams, that's a lot of data and a lot of predictions and a lot of formulas. It's helpful stuff. It's not going to make you money if you just blindly tell his predictions because they're all played on computers, but it can take you to a bet or it can take you off a bet. And I looked at the top five teams at Ken Palm and I pulled up my app to see the correlating odds at the Superbook in Las Vegas. So the top five teams right now, according to Ken Palm, Baylor number one, Gonzaga two, Duke three, Villanova four, Kansas five. Let's put some odds on it. Baylor 14 to one at the Westgate. Gonzaga 10 to one. Duke 20 to one. Villanova 14 to one. Kansas 25 to one. Next six teams, Texas Tech at Ken Palm six. Wisconsin seven. West Virginia 8, Texas 9, Ohio State 10. Back to the odds. Texas Tech 16 to 1 at the Westgate. Wisconsin, I have to scroll down the page, 30 to 1. Okay, so Vegas not as high on Wisconsin as the metrics are. West Virginia 8th at Ken Palm. They are 30 to 1 at the Westgate. Texas is 9th. Superbook has them 80 to 1. I think Texas 80 to 1 is probably a good bet if you believe in the advanced analytics. And Ohio State is 10th. Ken Palm has them 10 overall. Superbook has Ohio State 80 to 1. Where are my Illini? 18th at KenPalm.com. Illinois, though, has been bet and bet and bet. They are 25 to 1 to win the national championship. I remember they were 60 to 1 before Kofi and Io decided they were coming back to town. And when that happened, those odds went all the way down to 25 to 1. I don't think there's any value on Illinois anymore. If you like Illinois, you missed the move. But it's interesting to always look at a rating list and compare that to the odds list. A team that wasn't mentioned on Ken Palm yet, Michigan State, 15th in Ken Palm. Well, betting boards have Michigan State 18 to 1. One side's going to get a team right. Another side's going to get a team wrong. I'm not saying there's a underlying pattern here to make money, but it's just interesting to compare the numbers, the betting numbers, to the statistical numbers. I'm ready to pick Michigan in the Big Ten, by the way. I bought very low on Michigan before week one because nobody was sure what they were going to be. And we got Michigan right week one. I then said there is no way that I would bet Michigan against Michigan State. I wasn't laying 24, and then that number actually started crawling down once we saw the forecast and the wind and the weather, and by kickoff, it was 21, 21 and a half. And then Michigan loses to Michigan State, and everybody's like, oh, Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Michigan sucks. I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, Michigan State turned it over seven times against Rutgers, and then they played a B-plus, A-minus game against Michigan, got the win. Michigan was not good. But is Michigan getting no credit now for the beatdown they put on Minnesota? 
You're, oh, you're going to say Minnesota now. Or they, oh, they're 0-2, so they're not going to win a single game. I mean, don't overreact to such a small sample size. And I've had people tell, well, Indiana should be favored. I don't think that's how it works. Because if you made Indiana a favorite against Michigan, no sharp would be laying three with Indiana. Nobody. Michigan plus three, plus two, plus one would get fucking blasted. So you have to hang a big number on Michigan, a bigger number. I mean, three's not a big number, but you have to make Michigan the favorite here. And I think it's a good chance to buy low on the Wolverines. You look at the bet splits right now, everybody bet Michigan in the game against Michigan State. It was like 75, 80% of the bets on Michigan. You look at the bet splits now, it's like 52% Michigan, 56% of the cash. People are sort of being careful with Michigan now. And you look at Indiana, oh, they're 2-0. and They beat Penn State. They beat Rutgers. 2-0 and ATS. This is a statement game for Indiana. Big time. Penn State, not as good as people thought they were. Michigan, they've been up and they've been down. But I think this is a game where Michigan gets it right. And I think their defense is going to play very well against Penix, the quarterback at Indiana. It's a good spot here. If Michigan beats Michigan State, this number is six and a half or seven. And I wouldn't lay that number on the road. But because Michigan just lost, and everybody remembers what they've last seen, they're not going to look to back Michigan here. Indiana's like kind of the square dog territory. Like, ah, Indiana getting points. I kind of like it. Do you really, though? Are you really going to bet Indiana against Michigan? I don't know. I've seen this movie before. I remember like five years ago, Illinois got hot. Maybe a little bit longer. Maybe 2012, 2013. Illinois was getting really hot. And then they played Michigan, and Michigan was minus one. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be, you know what, I'm going to take the points with the home dog. Because Illinois is for real. And Michigan whooped their ass. Every season's different. Every team is different. I understand that. But I'm just saying, more times than not, Michigan is going to win this football game. And more times than not, they're going to cover three points in this game. I am bullish on Rutgers. I refuse to be talked out of it. I'm going to wait that out, though, until Friday. And I may just have to play that by myself. Uh, I don't know that I, um, I'm i going to be able to put in a 40 plus 40 by the time we get to Friday. We shall see how this line moves. I also had somebody that I really respect text me that they liked SMU, minus 17, 17 and a half. Now, that number is moving a little bit right now. Uh, I see the Mustangs minus 18 at a couple offshore books, but still some 17 in the hook at a couple Vegas books, and of course at the FanDuel DraftKings point bet. Not very high on Temple this year. A lot of people I respect. So that's what I'm sort of gearing up for as we get closer to the weekend. It is Wednesday. We still have Thursday and Friday. But I'm Oregon State plus two and a half. Michigan minus three. Put them in. Count them. Let's go. And I'm looking long and hard at Rutgers. NFL slate. I really don't like this card. And one of my favorite bets was the Raiders plus two and a half. Well, guess what? I'm looking at the screen right now as I tape this. Chargers minus one. Chargers minus one. Pick, 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 pick. So sharp money on the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's what happens when Anthony Lynn is a favorite. Wise guys like to bet against him. But now that number is not going to pick him. So this could be maybe a teaser weekend in the NFL 
I really don't like a lot of these games. I wish I could take Chicago. I can't. I wish I could take 14 with Dallas. I won't. I don't know about Miami getting five. I don't think Tua was all that great. It was the defense at Miami, which we've talked about on this show. I don't know. I'm going to sleep on this one. I know a lot of people took points with New Orleans. They took them at six, five and a half and five. That's down to four and a half now, I guess. I get it. This is a really wonky week in the NFL. Really wonky week. But we do like Oregon State and we do like Michigan. Joining us now on Chicken Dinner, I call her the queen of gambling Twitter. She's also the host of the Spin Zone podcast. She's on Twitter at the Spin Zone, and she was the first guest we ever had on Chicken Dinner. Her name is Lauren Joffe, and she joins us right now. What's up, Joffe? Not much. How are you? How's the podcast going? Podcast is going. We just had an episode we released. We had a a guest on the show, first real guest that we've had, Uh, and it's going pretty good. Somebody wanted me to ask you how to describe yourself as a sports better, and I go, oh, that's a loaded question because I feel like sometimes you're sharp, sometimes you're square, sometimes you chase. You're like the enigma of the sports betting space. How would you describe yourself as a sports better? You know, that's a really, really good question. I think that I, I still haven't learned all my lessons, even though I know the lessons that you're supposed to follow. Like, you know, don't bet with your heart. You know, don't get too emotionally in, invested in bets. And I still do. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I still do. Did you bet the uh, the Blizzard game over this past weekend? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? Well, it didn't go over. Um, not even remotely close, it didn't go over. Uh, that was, you know, that's, that's one of these things. Like, I get, I get zoomed in on, like, one aspect of something, and I just forget the rest of the aspects. And that pretty much is what happened there. I had my, my numbers told me one thing and I just completely ignored the whole blizzard thing. And as we seen, that didn't work out too well. For me. Yeah. I texted you this week and I'm like, well, what do you got right now? And I think usually you're the type of person, you don't just have one bet going, you have multiple things in the fire, but you're like, well, everything is bad right now because I have this over. But you also, I think you got it back later in the day because you teased the bears and the Broncos, right? I did. I did, and I, I didn't think that was going to work for me. I thought more so the Broncos were going to screw me. Um, but they came back, so that helped me. So, yeah, I got, I got it back, and that's I, – I do – I'm not – I don't chase necessarily, um, but, I, it's, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, I sit there and I'm like, man, I could just do one, one more bet, and it'll, it'll, it'll make things even. So you ready for the Pac-12 to start this weekend? No. Why? First of all, because Arizona is not, I mean, I think we're going to be lucky if we win a game. We're just not supposed to be good. And I keep seeing, you know, people leaving and injuries and it's just, I don't know. It's not going to be good. And we're going to, I think we're, we might be the laughing stock. I don't know. And that just makes me sad. You say that, but then you know, come kickoff, it's a 2.30 kickoff, I believe, Chicago time. You know you're going to be taking the 14 points against Utah. I mean, probably. Uh, Not going to lie. I've said that a lot on this call here. I'm not going to lie. I probably will, only because then I'm letting my emotions come into play, um, which is not great. 
But yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past myself doing that. I can see a last-minute bet coming in. Let's take a look at the board then coming into this weekend. You don't like the Pac-12. You're nervous about Arizona, but you have a full slate college football Saturday. You've got Clemson, Notre Dame. You've got a couple other big games. And then you've got NFL Sunday. What do you like this weekend heading into the card? For college, I I like Maryland plus 24 and a half. I might regret it. I, Maryland's one of those teams that has definitely let me down before. But I think, you know, they had an embarrassing loss to Northwestern. But they played well last week and maybe – Tagovailoa might have gotten his groove. He kind of he kind of played a really good game this past weekend. So I'm thinking that 24 and a half points is a lot of points to a Penn State who's got two losses. That's a lot of points. Uh, I, I like that. I like Liberty plus 15. Um, I like Army. I like Wyoming. That's my college slate. As far as NFL goes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing odd shark. I'm in their contest. And um, I've had one great week where I went 5-0. and oh, And last week I went 1-4. and four. So I'm, I'm really praying that this weekend is, is going to be uh, a little better than, than last. I'll tell you what, I like Green Bay. Only problem is that now we see that, there's, that San Francisco has positive COVID tests and they've shut down the facility. So... I don't know if that means the game is going to be canceled or not, but I do like Green Bay um, at five and a half. That's the last number I saw. Yeah, and that number has jumped up quite a bit. I think anything under seven is actually fine um, because I don't know who's going to play for San Francisco. We taped this on a Wednesday morning. You know, that game is supposed to be tomorrow night. Who knows? I mean, we'll wait and see on that. I do love how you're going down to the well. (laughs) You're going Maryland and Liberty. Like, I feel the same (laughs) way, though, because this weekend, Jaffe, I'm on Rutgers, and I'm going to take 38, 39, or 40, and I hate myself. The game hasn't even started yet, and I already hate myself. I mean, Rutgers can do that to you. Man, you're making me think that maybe I should take Rutgers, too. No, don't mush it. I don't need you to mush it. I'm just saying I'm on Rutgers, and it makes me nervous because I think we know what we're getting into. When you take a team that's getting 25, 27, 28, 30 points or higher, you sort of run the risk of knowing that, oh, this could be a blowout, and this game could be 52 to nothing. It's a very real possibility. I, I've, I've definitely been on the receiving end of making those kind of bets before. It sounds like it's so many points that it has to go your way, and it just doesn't end up that way. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that. Can we talk about the Music City Bowl from 2018? Please, please. <laughs> I, you know what is, is funny? I mean, it's not really that funny. Um, but yeah, I had, I, I don't even know what the original line on that, on that was. Um, but I definitely took whatever it was. And then I started live betting Purdue and I can't tell you, I mean, I live bet them at 23 and a half. I live bet them at 35 and a half. I live bet them at 42 and a half. And then I thought I'd get smart and I bet on live bet Auburn 49 and a half, which I'm fairly certain lost. Because they lost they, by the hook. Yeah, so I don't I I don't know what I was thinking at that point. I I think I I said to myself, you know what, this is I guess I'm doing it for content at this point because it certainly wasn't to make money. 
That game was Auburn minus three and a half. That was the uh, spread, the closing spread. And Holy shit. It was December 28th, 2018. The game was in Nashville, and it's Auburn-Purdue. And, yeah, you were on Purdue. You took three and a half. And I think, actually, that number, didn't it open like six? And then it kind of came down to three and a half. Um, so there was some sharp play on Purdue going into the game. And then you're in that spot where you're like, all right, well, I have three and a half. Now I'm going to take 20 and a half. And now I'm going to take 28. And now I'm going to take thir-. But then you do the unbelievable and you pretzel yourself and you bet the favorite after you've live bet the underdog the whole way. I mean, it's – well, you had to be drinking during that, weren't you? Uh, there's, there's no question I was drinking during that because a sober person can't do that. I just don't – I feel like that's not something a sober person – I feel like my listeners are learning what not to do during this interview. Yeah, don't ever live bet – I mean, I, I'm, like, looking – I'm, like, looking at my tweets from that day, and I just – it's like I was, like, digging myself a hole and just kept digging. I What I can't believe, though, is that I took them 49 and a half live and, and it lost. Like, that's almost impressive that I managed to do that. But you do this for entertainment, right? I mean, you're not doing this to make a living. You're doing this to have fun. Yeah, I do it. I do it mostly for entertainment. I mean, I don't do really stupid bets. I mean, sometimes I'll take a big, a really big dog. I haven't been doing that as much this year, but um, I'll take a really big dog just in case. Because, you know, I have that FOMO. Like, you know, what happens if just in case? And, you know, it's worked for me before. It has worked for me before that a big dog is one. Um, but it, it's certainly not, I'm, I'm not putting anyone through college. I remember we got really excited, Joe and I, because you had Howard on the money line against I UNLV. I remember that game. Oh my God, Joffy, they were 45 point dogs. And you're like, yeah, I bet a dollar on it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it hey, a dollar to win? How much did you was, win? Like 80 bucks? No, I feel like it was like some crazy like 125 bucks or something. Oh, that's right. It was three figures. But we thought you bet, you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. You said, oh, no. I bet a dollar. I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. I do have some sense in me. Clearly not enough, but I have some sense in me. So yeah, these big dogs. And like I say, you just need a couple of them to win to cover you for the other ones that you do. That was the biggest upset in college football history, and you were a part of it. I feel amazing. I got to tell you, that was a huge high that I had from that game. I've been chasing that high ever since. Any other advice you have for the listeners, Jaffe, when it comes to sports betting? (laughs) Learn from your mistakes. Don't do what I do, which is I I tend to put things in one ear and out the other and and ignore. Learn from your mistakes. Use your, your, your losses as a learning opportunity. What not to do. That's probably my best advice. And bet Rutgers. I don't want to mush you. Yeah, don't do that. Well, for the record, I make that number about 30. I'd say 30 is what I'd have it at. So I don't hate it. I also don't necessarily trust my numbers as much as, as I would trust yours, but um, I don't hate that bet. I won't make it though because I don't want to be responsible for the mush. Confident as ever, she is yes. Lauren Jaffe, the queen yes. of gambling Twitter. Give her a follow at the Spin Zone. She likes Maryland, and she's not going to mush Rutgers. So I appreciate that. I appreciate You're you welcome. coming on, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> That about does it for Chicken Dinner. Thanks to Lauren Jaffe for hopping on the show. Always a very confident person, isn't she? 
We'll talk to Brad Evans tomorrow from Fade the Noise and FTN Bets, FTNBets.com. they got a great thing going on over there, and those guys are very, very sharp. So we'll see who Mr. Wavos likes in the uh, NFL and in college football. I know he's uh, been prone to fire on some Big Ten games. See what he thinks about Ohio State and Rutgers as we roll closer to a Friday. Record check right now on the show. We haven't really done anything over the last couple of days, but the record remains the same. Current check, 32-28-1. We're down 0.3 units, and we've got two pendings. Ohio State plus 2.5, Michigan minus the 3. If you bet in action, good luck. Like I said, if I had to pick one, I'd go Central Mish plus the 3, but I am going to enjoy my night watching no sports. I'll be peeling through the box scores. I'll watch them tape a little bit later on this week, but uh, I'm a little burned out from uh, an all-night election affair, and I need some sleep. So I'm going to go to bed, maybe right now. Cash some tickets, make some money, whatever you do. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Chicken Dinner. Broken dreams held together with glue. I gotta keep on trying till that day comes true. I know that all my life I've been tired and blue. But still I keep on fighting. I got too many things left to do. You see, my brother told me so. You'll be the greatest man alive. Until I'm through it, God takes me home Everything that comes out of my trombone